0: As I've said, you got to really go back and listen to all the previous teachings on the story of our great redemption, so you don't think we're pulling stuff out of the air. You get a good basis and foundation for what we're talking about. Our foundational scripture, again, I think I've quoted it maybe every single time, once or twice, in the preaching on the day of Pentecost under the anointing that was done by Peter, Because you'll not leave my soul in Hades, nor will you give your Holy One to see corruption. And that's, of course, a reference to Jesus and his sacrifice, that he went to hell, or Hades, in our place. And we know that that's the place of fire and torment, just like the wicked man, the wicked rich man, was taken to. And it says he was was in torment. In those flames, in Luke chapter 16, verses 19 through 24, you can read about where Jesus talked about it. And we saw Jesus' sufferings in Hades in the very prophetic and messianic, Psalms 88 and Psalms 18. And also we studied Jonah chapter 2, because this is the prayer that Jesus prayed in hell, in Hades. I mean, he quoted the scripture. He he was quoting uh, Psalms 18, he was quoting Psalms 88, and he was quoting Psalms 2. This was all prophetic and talking about him. And Jonah chapter 2 is, in my estimation, the clearest and most powerful declaration, Uh, even more so. I mean, Psalms 18 and 88 are outstanding, but this one is connected directly to the words of Jesus personally. Matthew chapter 12 and verse 40, Jesus quoted and said, even as Jonah, now even as means just like Jonah, was in the belly of the huge fish three days and three nights, so shall, and that means just like that, the Son of Man will be three days and nights in the heart of the earth. And we know that the heart of the earth is not the grave. It's not six feet under, it's the center of the earth. And it's talking about the hell that Jesus went to and suffered for us in our place. And we've been studying Jonah chapter 2, where he at the end says, I will sacrifice to you the voice, with the voice of thanksgiving, Jonah 2.8, that right from the midst of hell, Jesus offered the sacrifice of praise, right in the middle of all of the oppression and pains of death that he was delivered from, Acts 2.24. If you remember, Peter talked about that, and Jesus offers up this sacrifice of praise to God, and God opens the prison doors of Hades for him. God loosed him from the pains or the birth pangs of death and brought him out. Again, go see the reference in Acts 2:24. Now, Jonah chapter two verse nine, "I will fulfill that which I have vowed." Yeshua belongs to Jehovah. That's a powerful phrase that Jesus says, and Jonah said, and notice that the first word salvation there, you'll see in it the word Yeshua. If you'll look at it from the Hebrew, and that's the Hebrew name of Jesus. And Jesus yells out boldly as a blow to hell's intention of keeping him locked up. And he says, Yeshua is of Jehovah or to Jehovah. And when Jesus spoke that, just like it did for Jonah, God moved and acted on his behalf. Well, Jonah chapter 2, in the very next verse, verse 10, and Jehovah spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah out onto dry land. For Jonah, he was vomited out unto dry land. But where Jesus was concerned, he was raised up from the realm of the dead and was resurrected physically. He was vomited out of hell back into the land of the living. Glory to God. Jesus went into hell speaking and confessing the word. And when Jesus spoke out that powerful last phrase, Yeshua is of Jehovah, God responded from heaven with, You are my son. Today I have begotten you. Glory to God. And I showed you from Acts chapter 13, verse 33 and 34, where Paul quotes this psalm. You are my son, today I have begotten you. And he says that that refers to when Jesus was raised from the dead. Now that today, you are my son, today I have begotten you, was the today that Jesus was talking about when he said, To the thief on the cross. Which people have misunderstood. They've actually used it as a rebuttal to this study. But they don't know what they're talking about. And he went on to say. This is the thief saying now. I'm reading from uh, Luke chapter 23. Verses 42 and 43. Jesus. Remember me. When I come into your kingdom. when, When you come into your kingdom. And he said unto him. Now, I'm going to read to you from a little different translation than yours, but it doesn't make any difference, not if you understand what Jesus is saying. Amen. So be it. I say to you today, with me you'll be in paradise. Now, this is a modernized rendition of the 1902 emphasized Bible by Joseph Rotherham. And the oldest Greek manuscripts were written with no punctuations. No, It was all capital letters. There were no sentence or word divisions. It's And it's kind of annoying to try and read a manuscript like that. So all punctuations and all distinctions between capital and small case letters were added at the privilege of the translators. And in the context of our scriptural study, this translation makes perfect sense. And Rotherham has the correct pronunciation, as even the text will prove. Notice the request of the thief, that the thief made to Jesus. Remember me when you are coming to your kingdom. Well, the, 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 the thief was making a petition concerning the kingdom rule of Jesus. Well, Jesus wasn't going to enter his kingdom rule until he was raised from the dead. Amen. It was a clear kingdom request. Jesus was letting the thief know by his response that the today of redemption would be inaugurated real soon, and he would be with him in heaven. Well, thank God, you understand, nothing could be possible until Jesus was raised from the dead. Jesus was speaking about a very specific today, and it's the specific today that Paul referred to in Acts 13:33 and 34 when he was raised from the realm of the dead now you got to understand that again Jesus was speaking by faith in the covenant of God and trusting for God to get his soul from Hades There's no way that Jesus was going to go to paradise, as some have said, right after his physical death. Are you kidding me? No, there were, I mean, after all the scriptural evidence that we've seen, no way Jesus was not emphasizing the time period prophesied about, uh, I mean, you know, talked about. When he, when he said that, he was talking about the prophesied today of his victory over hell, death, and the grave when his soul was delivered from Hades. He was referring to the today of his body being resurrected and his body. Blood being taken to heaven as the eternal witness of our redemption and it cleansing the heavenly utensils of worship sealing the new provisions of the covenant in his blood and him being inaugurated into the highest office in the universe. I'm telling you, he was referring to the, you are my son, today I have birthed you. Paul thought that this was what God said, referring specifically to the resurrection of Jesus from the dead And not to his birth. And that should be a correction. But even when Jesus was raised from the dead. Do you realize that nobody had gone up to heaven? Well the word paradise there is a a word that means heaven. Study it out. It's talking about the heaven where God dwells. And in that heaven nobody had ascended until Jesus was raised from the dead. Now he said that himself. He said, nobody has ascended to heaven, but only he which came down from heaven. He said of himself in the book of John, chapter 3, I believe, verse 13. But if you'll go back and look at when he was raised from the dead and came out of the tomb with his body, raised to immortality, you'll see that Mary was getting ready to touch him. And he said, don't touch me. He said, for I have not yet ascended to your father and my father. Now go read it and study it out. He couldn't be touched until after he ascended into heaven and took his blood into the heavenly holy of holies and put it on the mercy seat. And our redemption was sealed. There was no way that he was going to ascend into heaven until that was done. Now that's important that you get that. Because Jesus wasn't saying to that thief, now you're going to be right at this moment, you're going to be with me in heaven. Uh-uh. Nobody could ascend until after the resurrection. Jesus didn't ascend until after the resurrection. Amen. Well, that's an important study, and I hope you got that. You cannot go back and study it yourself and allow the Holy Spirit to bring some revelation to you concerning it. Amen.